Welcome to the Common Round. Medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid. And I'm Andy. And joining us today is our executive producer, Gautam. So in our previous episode, we gave a bit of an introduction into leukemias and some of the principles involved. In this talk, we'll be specifically addressing the acute forms of leukemia. So acute myeloleukemia and acute lymphocytic leukemia. Is there anything else you want to cover while, no. while we're talking? I no. think that would be more than enough to get minds wrapped around. I think so. I think yep. so. So last episode, you kind of had a bit of an introduction. Now we're going to go right into it. So Andy, do you want to maybe just refresh our memory and define okay. what myelocytic leukemia is? Okay, so acute myeloid leukemia would be the failure of the myeloid cells to differentiate. And so what is mean by myeloid cells? So you've got the hematopoietic stem cell, which can go into either two different lines, lymphoid lines or myeloid lines. Mm -hmm. Myeloid lines create red blood cells, white blood cells, as well as um, platelets. And yeah. so this is this particular cell line is the one that we're focusing on. Yeah. So failure of the myeloid cells to differentiate. And a definition of leukemia would be that there's an accumulation of more than 20% of immature blast cells in the bone marrow. Perfect. Normally there's one to two percent. Yeah, up to five. Where would you see AML? Well, AML would be a disease of, you'd expect people of adults, adults yeah. to get it. Predominantly adults, especially yeah. old, uh, more older adults greater than 65 years of age. Although you can see it in, you know, 10 to 15% of cases are in childhood, yep. but majority of it is in adults. Yep. What are some risk factors? Risk factors, you've got myelodysplastic syndromes, which are already malignant conditions. Or have malignant potential. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, so they can evolve into AML. Also, other risk factors such as benzene and other drugs, radiation can also cause some damage to the, mm. the DNA and eventually lead on to AML. Yeah, exactly. In terms of, it's very important for us to emphasize alkylating type alkylating agents type chemotherapies because they're commonly used for lots of different classes of lots of different cancers so you know you might have had breast cancer for example and this is hypothetical and you would have been given these high dose being uh, alkylating agents and you think hey i've been cured of breast cancer but unfortunately you're at an increased risk of developing a you know acute myeloid leukemia for example so mm. should we talk about the pathophysiology just very briefly why not so we're going into why the myeloid leukemia is uh, actually uh, present and so it could be let's say you're very unfortunate and it's a primary presentation where it just pops out of nowhere the, mm. the it's a series of unfortunate genetic mutations and voila you've got it you've got it what's a secondary cause i guess we kind of touched on that so secondary cause um causes relate to some of those risk factors so myeloproliferative disorders uh and uh, myelodysplastic syndrome uh so if you're not sure what um mds is have a listen to our, um, our previous yes. podcast. We've yep. talked extensively about this disorder. You can also, like we said, previous chemotherapy agents can can be potential risk factors, particularly alkylating agents. So remember AML, mm -hmm. A, alkylating. AML, A for alkylating. That can be an easy memory aid to help you with that. Sure. Um, so what do you see in the bone marrow and things like that? Okay. And what happens in the bone marrow? In the bone marrow, you'll see a uh, overflow or a predominant leukemic clone. So you lose your normal architectural structure. You're going to see lots of these immature cells. And it's going to essentially it comes into the actual reasons of why certain clinical features present. So the, these leukemic clones just keep just outgrow the other cells, normal mm. cells and displace them yeah. out, out of the bone marrow. And then they essentially can... crowd those cells out mm. to the point where those cells probably don't have enough space to breathe, you know, Maybe let alone differentiate into other, other their mature cell types. Oh, that doesn't sound very comfortable to be a, 
hemopoietic stem cell and leukemia. Oh, especially if you're claustrophobic. Oh, jeez. Okay, so what else? Yeah, so so you mentioned that because the, these guys are crowding out the normal cells, then you're going to get probably suppression of normal hematopoietic processes. Yeah. Um, you're going to start getting... Because, you know, bone marrow is, you know, the bone is not like other organs. You know, there's limited space. And so you're going to start getting these blasts leaking into the blood. And that's when things get really messy and really bad. Mm -hmm. Um, You can also get accumulation of blasts once they go into the circulation in different tissue types. So we mentioned more about that when we talk about some of the clinical features. What tissue types? Should we talk about it now or should we save it for... If you've got a plan for it to mention it later, we'll we'll save it for it. Yeah, let's let's save it for um, the clinical features when we talk about that. Why not? And also they can have metabolic consequences. And let's talk about clinical features. So it follows on from this. So what would be some of the basic clinical features? Okay. So we mentioned there's... I, I think for easy general categorization and memory aid for myself is that I like to think of it in two broad categories. One is a bone marrow problem. The second one is extra medullary. So like extra, so problems outside the bone marrow. So because of leukemic cells out, uh, outcompete and like basically take up most of the space, you're going to have a decrease in hemo- hematopoiesis, mm. normal good old hematopoiesis. So that means you're going to have low red blood cells, white blood cells, as well as platelets being produced. So that causes a thrombocytopenic uh, picture and as you would have heard us reiterate quite a few times from the last few episodes is that that's going to cause either anemia thrombocytopenia neutropenia and um, oh, all of them together oh, they could yeah right? possibly yeah. yeah and yeah so that's one of the things mm. another thing was that they can cause the extra medullary infiltration so they yeah. they outgrow even the bone marrow is not big enough for them so they will start growing outside and, and what what where do they actually deposit well, they can, you can see it in the liver, you can see it in the spleen. So you're going to get um, hepatomegaly or splenomegaly. Um, so that's probably the two important sites that we should mention. Okay. Um, you know, those, yeah, I mean, you can get organ infiltration, as, as we mentioned before. You can see it, different subtypes or different, there's lots of different subtypes now with the World Health Organization classifying these um, different uh, different types of uh, acute myeloleukemia. But, so, for example, the myelomonocytic subtype okay. can affect the gingival, um, so it can go into the gums and it cause uh, hypertrophy. Yep. You might get some deposition in the skin, and that's called uh, leukemia cutis. Okay. You can get spinal cord infiltration. You can get quite a lot of compression in, in, in the spine. Okay. So there's different subtypes. Yep. There's, a, there's really one that is a big medical emergency, though. Which one is that? So know. that was called leukos- um, It's a condition called hyperleukosis. Uh, syndrome and that's where you get so much replication okay. in the blood yeah. that can cause um, you know uh, it can cause so uh, interfere with circulations so you're going to get hypoxia or hemorrhage due to compromised circulation and there's a particular subtype that that I was mentioning to you before we started the podcast and I'm going to mention it based on the FAB so the older classification and that's called M3 and the way I remember it's called M3DIC, M3DIC. Okay. The cell. Yeah. What is what the is that? M3D uh, M3 is the promyelocytic leukemia. The okay. reason I'm emphasizing this M3DIC, M3DIC. If you didn't catch that, it's M3DIC, guys. Should we say it again? M3DIC. M3DIC. Okay. It's because what is this? <laughs> it's because it's very unique when okay. it comes to its treatment. And also, you, the the audience is probably wondering why we keep mentioning DIC. 
it's because it can cause disseminated intravascular coagulopathies. And the reason for that is uh, it's because these cells contain owl rods, mm -hmm. which are sort of sedimentations of myeloproxidase, which is important for forming um, granulocyte tissue within the, or granulocytes within the cells. Yeah. So these owl rods are procoagulants. So M3DIC actually has got quite a lot of owl rods. Yeah. And so that's why you're going to get M3. With M3, you're going to get DIC. <sighs> Okay, M3DIC. Okay, That's it. right. So commit that to memory. Um, are there any sort of metabolic stuff that we should be worrying about? Okay, so there are metabolic effects that you need. So we're, we're talking more broadly now. We're not talking about M3DIC. Okay, I, I get it. We're moving on. No more M3DIC. Jeez. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, straight face. Okay, so with the metabolic effects, what can happen is that there, you have a increased level of uric acid, which could lead to nephropathy or gout, and especially with these, um, with leukemia, it can it can use up a lot of your. Uh, so essentially, with leukemia, you're going to have a hoarding of like let's say phosphate or procoagulants within within the cells mm. and during treatment let's say you kill off these cells that can release them all mm. out and yeah. you have actually metabolic emergencies from treatment because yeah, you're releasing all those stored um you know calcium phosphate mm -hmm. and all of that yeah and so yeah you're you know suddenly kill all those cells and you gotta get this flood of electrolytes and that can cause imbalance i guess the flood of procoagulants can cause to uh, lead to dic yes yes we're, we're yeah. back there again Exactly. We'll kind of avoid it. We'll kind of avoid M3DIC. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's talk okay. about investigations. Yeah. Okay. So investigations. Once again, listen to our previous uh, podcast on the general basics for essentially what general workups you would do. I'll, I'll go through it. I might as well. So, okay. So, <laughs> okay. So we'll start off. Don't with... sound so, so enthusiastic, Andy. Okay, fine. Anyways, <laughs> you go with like a, a bone marrow bi biopsy. Then you go look at immunophenotyping. Then you look into the karyotyping, the, so the, the cytogenetics. And then you can also do molecular testing. Yep. But anyways, broad category, that's it. But okay, so in specifically for acute myeloid leukemias, you look at the blood works, you look at the uh, cell counts, to, and you'll get a, an anemic picture, thrombocytopenia, and variable white blood cell counts. Uh, you would also look at INR, coagulation cascades, mm. I guess, APTTs. What else? So, yeah, I mean, if you look at, let's say, a uh, peripheral blood film, as we mentioned, these blasts can sometimes contain owl rods, and that can be very specific for um, certain types of um, AML. Yeah. Um, I won't mention which type is, is, is um, I'm really fond of, so, <laughs> so we won't go there. I think you can guess that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I believe it's M3DIC. <laughs> oh, man. Um, okay, yep. You can also do a bone marrow assay, and I guess that's the gold standard for diagnosing it. So if you see um, in your bone marrow um, yep. aspirate, if you've got more than 20% mm -hmm. um, blast, then that suggests that you um, you do have a leukemic process at play. Yep. And as you mentioned, you know, immunophenotyping, because you, know, you want to look at the different cell uh, CD expressions, which can tell you which lineages these um, cells are from. Yep. But that's about it. You can also do, you know... Um, uh, chest x-rays just to see for you know potentially for any sort of infiltrates elsewhere some of the treatments you might need to also monitor um, for cardiac toxicity and things like that but that's more talking about treatments do you want to talk about treatments now okay the mainstay treatment for aml is chemotherapy and unfortunately i, I believe radiotherapy doesn't play much of a role in, no in because you can't really irradiate the entire body these cells are everywhere 
And so there's two main treatment strategies. The first one is induction therapy, where the chemotherapy induces a complete remission of AML. Patients with, unfortunately, a poor prognosis to the initial induction therapy will mean that they will have a worse prognosis. Because if they don't respond to it, then unfortunately that outlook isn't looking mm. good. Um, then after induction therapy, you will have a consolidation therapy using to uh, mainly with the aim to prevent recurrence. Yeah, yeah, I think that's about that's it. That's pretty much. And then stem cell transplants are a, a way of achieving complete cure. Yep. So you can have autologous, where you know someone I think in the lab actually removes all your abnormal cells and transplants the norm transplants potentially normal phenotypes back in problem is you can't always be 100 percent sure that you've actually not have any potential malignant cells still that weren't removed leaking in okay. and you can have allergenic where you have a matched donor as well these are quite intensive so it's autologous from yourself and allergenic from somebody else from someone else okay. exactly yeah i have to mention this and i'm guys i'm so i hope um this sort of sinks in but the reason we emphasize on the m3 cell t- uh, subtype or the um um, what was it? The Milo uh, pro pro myelocytic pro myelocytic yeah. um, subtype is the fact that these guys have some sort of weird translocation affecting the retinoic acid okay. receptor. Yep. And so if you give retinoic acid type treatment analogs, yes. these cells can transform into their mature subtypes, and so that can be a form of cure. Oh. And that's the that's the unique thing about M three, in addition to the whole you know disseminated coagulopathy that we mentioned before. So they have a chance to actually. Uh, I guess cure uh, some yeah transform some. into more mature functioning cells, and as you mentioned, <clears throat> prognosis yep. is uh, in terms of achieving remission, it's generally pretty good. Yeah, it's better if you're younger, so if you're less than sixty, than if you're older than sixty. Okay, prognosis is also dependent on, on your cytogenetic factors as well. So yep. um, if you have cytogenetic factors that are really favorable, then your survival is going to be obviously much better. Yeah, so that's AML. Do you want to talk about AL while we're actually? I don't think we mentioned uh, before we go into that the the survival rate. Did did you kind of? I mean, the five year survival rate is on average, um, depending on your responses, around forty percent. So it's not great, but I guess it reflects how how aggressive this cancer is. Yeah. Let's talk about AOL. AOL. So that what does that stand for? The acute lymphocytic leukemia. Um, and so yeah. similarly to AML, but uh, so it's a malignant disease of the bone marrow, but this time we're talking about the lymphoid progenitors, mm. uh, pro- precursors, yeah? Yeah. And so, yeah, once again, it's it's a very similar pathology, but this time instead of the myeloid cells, we're talking about lymphoid cells. Exactly. And how many types of lymphoid tissue do we have? Like uh, lymphoid cells do we have? Two main ones, B cells and T cells. Pretty much, two broad yep. categories. And I think <clears throat> B cells are the more common subtype mm-hmm. that you tend to see in this context, and yep. T cells are the less common subtype. Okay. So I think, do you know whether the French, American, British thing is still in at use or whether the world... I, I think they got rid of that. Um, okay. I think For both of them? Yeah. Okay. So f- actually, I'm not too sure. Is, is That's it... all right. We can have a look at that a bit later. But okay. um, yeah. Yeah. I, I was under the impression with like a lot of them and they're now classified as the WHO uh, classification under 2008. Sure. But who knows? Maybe if you listen to this in 10 years time, then oh, sorry, it's probably changed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Again. So what are some of the clinical features? Um and again, so there's like a similar trend that emerges with all of these cancers. So it kind of makes it a bit easy to yep. not having to memorize too much. Thankfully. So do you want to talk about some clinical features? Why not? So very similar to AML, we can classify it into two main categories. So bone marrow failure from the overcrowding in the bone marrow, which would lead to a pancytopenic picture. Once again, anemia, thrombocytopenia, neutropenia can all present. And then you've also got organ infiltration. So extramedullary 
present uh, symptoms. So tender bones, lymphadenopathy. Actually, that this one's a bit different, isn't it? The There's slight differently. There's yeah. slight component that's a little mm. bit different. The, the splenomegaly, as well as let's say the meningeal signs, mm. and importantly with this one, it's the gonad infiltration. They yeah. go to the 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 gonads, and that's pretty unfortunate. Yeah, I guess what's important is that, like you mentioned, that lymph lymphadenopathy is an important factor here because you know T and B cells, their eventual destination is your lymphatic tissue. So that's I guess makes oh, sense what makes, you might expect to that see. That makes a there. lot of sense. It just um, clicked. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the gonad infiltrates are important because yeah. the testes are protected from the rest of the body by the testicular blood uh, barrier, and yeah. also that applies for the blood brain barrier as well. So if yeah. you give chemotherapy chemotherapy doesn't normally cross oh. that barrier so yeah in terms of administration you have to administer directly to the source yeah so that's an important feature yeah. of why we need to mention this okay so what about some you know generic investigation i feel like we're repeating ourselves but it's good yeah okay. Reinforcing. so once again you start with the bone marrow biopsy uh, and the immunophenotyping and then the what is it the cytogenetics mm -hmm. and then also micromolecular uh, testings as well yeah but okay so you can also conduct uh, complete blood counts and you'll actually at this time see a increase in leukocytes actually is that correct yeah yeah with a particular emphasis on your lymph lymphocyte yeah. subtype um I, I let's go back to immunophenotype because this is really important unlike you know myelocytes which might contain granules that might be you know from the megakaryocyte lineage or from the erythroblast lineage yeah Lymphocytes are really difficult to differentiate because they don't have any granulocytes. So how do you know whether you've got a T cell lineage or whether you've got a B cell? That's a good point. Immunophenotyping is what tells you that information. Oh, and yeah. you mentioned in the last episode, depending on the markers, such mm. as like CD10, yes. 5, etc., you, you can tell which one it is. Yeah. So for example, in T lymphocytes, okay. you can see CD2 to 8, Okay. whereas in... Uh, the B lymphocytes, you tend to see CD10, CD19, and CD20, for example. Okay. Um, and I think CD20 is a very characteristic marker of just B cells in general. So you tend to see that with all Bs, most B cells. Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk about some treatment options. How do you treat this? So similarly to AML, you've got the initial phase, induction phase, right? So the induction phase is to try and induce complete remission and then afterwards you would go into a consolidation phase but this is where the difference starts to occur so consolidation could in this case would be to continue the same chemotherapy to try and eliminate some subclinical leukemic cells whereas let's say if the um if the if the initial induction wasn't responding as well you'd go into intensification to give high doses of different types of chemotherapy to try and remove the um or eliminate cells that were resistant to the primary treatment. What is, um, then afterwards, you would move into maintenance chemotherapy, but what exactly is that? So that's when you give a lower dose of, uh, of your chemotherapy intermittently for two to three years, and that's to prevent relapse. Okay. Um, you can also, as, my, as I mentioned, if you've got the testicular blood barrier or if you've got the blood-brain barrier, you have to sometimes give prophylactic chemotherapy intrathecally, so that means into the spine. Okay. An example of that would be if you give methotrexate into the spine, and that's oh, to wow. minimize those cells that are accumulated or might be present in the spine mm -hmm. or in, in, in the CNS to then get back into the blood and restart the whole process again. Yeah. But ultimately, cure 
can be derived from uh, transplantation as well. Okay. Again, it's very toxic and it's got a really high mortality rate as well. So, so again, it's not without risk, but you can achieve complete cure yep. as a consequence. So let's finish up by talking about prognosis with this cancer. And I've got a really good mnemonic to help with this as well, oh, to memorize the, the different types. Do you oh, want right. to just... I love, your, I love your mnemonics. Okay, so the prognosis, it depends on the response to the initial induction once again. So mm. let's say if it responds well very initially, then you can consider yourself a bit more lucky than, yeah. than others. Um, so some good prognostic factors include a, young, uh, so a very young onset, white blood cells less than 30, T-cell phenotypes, absence of this thing called the Philadelphia chromosome. Yeah. I, I don't think we mentioned that earlier. But we can talk about Philadelphia chromosome when we talk about chronic myeloid leukemias. Yep. And uh, lymphoid leukemias? Myeloid leukemias? Uh, yeah, it's myeloid. Myeloid. Leukemia, yeah. Oh, CML. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then also you can occur... Uh, another prognostic factor, factor is achieving early achievement of uh, complete remission. So that's all good signs. Yeah. Actually, with ALL, the achievement of the first remission is about is pretty high, I guess, like sixty to ninety percent. For children with ALL, there's eighty percent of them achieve long term remission, so mm. greater than five years. So that's yeah. that's silver lining. That's really good. I mean, it's one of the. How often do you can you claim that you can cure cancer to this rate? This is amazing, especially in kids. Mm-hmm. It's really a good news story. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's not as good in adults. About thirty to forty percent five year survival. Yeah. Now the question. Then is if you're in an exam situation, or if you're out on a consult and you have a you know hematologist who's you know really on your case, yeah. and you really want to impress them, yes. there's a couple of interesting ways of distinguishing AML from AAL. So if you have a look at AAL and the way the name's spelled, it's got two L's, right? Yeah. And here's where the mnemonic that I've come across is really useful. Okay. So AAL is can be seen in small people, so kids. Small people. So small has also two L's. At the end, it also has small blasts and it also has small mortality in kids. Oh. Whereas AML, which is the opposite of small, and there's no two, there's no double L's in there. Yeah. You, it's AML is a disease of big people. To adults. Yeah. Big blasts and big mortality rates. Oh, so the L, sense. the two L's yeah. in AL, you can yeah. see them in small. So small people, small blasts, and small mortality oh, rates in kids. Good. Yeah. Did you have another one? You mentioned well, something before to me that well, was really good. I, I just thought that the way I was re- associating ALL with kids was just that the middle letter L is L stands for little, little is kids. Yeah. But I guess. Or little blast and um, yeah. little mortality. Anybody out there who actually has a pretty good, or if, if you've come across a way that you think is pretty smart, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. Um, so that's it for our, our episode on um, acute myeloid and acute lymphocytic leukemias. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, we're going to start addressing more and more of these cancers over the next week or two. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned. We're going to have lots of stuff coming out. Um, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for joining. listening to our common rounds podcast you can find all of our episodes notes elective experiences and much more content on our website so come visit us at the and see you next time